Welcome to Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rutten Brothers, Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, Sioux Falls and beyond. How's everybody doing this morning? Why can I never get used to that? Man, isn't it <laughs> I awesome? Oh, I love Robin Williams and Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, good Morning Vietnam. It's so awesome. I have waited my whole life That's to have fine. an opportunity to be Robin Williams, not just in that, but also in Dead Poets Society, which yeah, is also yeah. one of my favorite movies. Welcome to Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio. Uh, you're listening to the Rutten Brothers. How we doing, fellas? <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's all I can say. I Don't knew you- there was a reason people were sending me selfies or pictures and sending me texts. Uh, Father, your brother is standing on a table right now. <laughs> Father, I'm in this class and your brother's standing on a chair right now. Yeah, I was like, just... why do I think he is trying to relive Dead Poet Society? Well, and I forgot is. about Dead Poet Society actually before I did it. And then when I did it, I was like, no, that's not like he stole my... He stole my move, and then it's like, no, no, <laughs> no, Well, I'm your host, Joe Rutten, and I'm joined, as always, by the Brothers Rutten, Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, South Dakota. Checking in a little bit, fellas. Uh, what's, what's been going on in the last month since we last chatted? Well, uh, the last time the show was on, I was actually in Croatia, so I took a vacation, was gone for a couple Hold weeks. Up. Where? Uh, Croatia. Croatia. Uh, well, you know, if you're, you're going to cheer there, on a team, but... you might as well go to their country to cheer them <laughs> on. You were not I mean, in Croatia sure. while they were winning. All except for the last game. The match. And they lost. Yeah, they and they lost. Win. So it was, oh, I should have stayed. The country should have yeah, like paid, paid for, for you. me to stay longer. I know. I wonder but, if they'll invite you back. Yeah, it was crazy. Years. It was totally insane. They went wild. And uh-huh. so it was And good. I imagine you got your brothers a <laughs> you Croatia know. jersey. No, you know, I jersey. didn't actually, uh, oh. but I got myself one. You did. So I do have one now. Now you lived in Rome, so this is not new to you, right? I mean, the, 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 the frenzy oh, around the frenzy soccer. of soccer, yeah. Or football. Football. Uh, yeah. No, it's. It's totally crazy. And do you get into it then? To a degree. I mean, like when people are screaming and hooting and hollering, but I still can't get over, like, it takes forever to score and, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. those kinds of things. But it was still good, you know, if you're going to enjoy soccer. So you're all relaxed all and relaxed, rested back up. Back at it, back <laughs> at it, ready to go. I'm, I'm sure the parish doesn't have anything waiting for you while you return, right? Never. Uh, oh, no, I have an associate, so... Oh, that just takes awesome. care of everything. That's wonderful. Well, good, Father Paul. Father John, what have you been up to? Well, I have been contemplating. Contemplating. <laughs> okay. Don't push. No. Receive. You're con- so that's what you've been up to for a month is contemplating. <laughs> don't push. Yeah. Receive. Yep. Yeah. All, right. all that's, that's all I could tell a hundred thousand stories, but in the end, all that the Lord is telling me is all right. All right it's introductions. One story to help receive to to inflush this thing a little bit. Once one one example of the don't push but receive. Um, 
Well, the one story that comes to mind, I can't tell because mm-hmm. it's pastorally sure. not sensitive. Place I can, but another place I would say is um, I went kayaking on Monday <laughs> down the Sioux River. Ooh. And I always think of that. I always, oh, that's great. Whenever I drive across 26th Street and they're driving, right, you know, the kayaks are going underneath. I'm like, isn't that amazing? You know, never once do I think, like, get up out of bed. Go get a kayak. Ask the five friends you know that have kayaks to borrow them and go. Make sure you have a car waiting on the other end, by the way. (laughs) 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 Rookie mistakes. Rookie mistakes. So a friend of mine uh, just said one day, uh, (laughs) wait, what do you want to do? You know, whatever. I want to go kayaking. When do you want to go? I'm like, really? It was like. Uh, and he even said Monday, which nobody has Mondays off, you know? So it was like, receive, just receive this, just go. It was like, I didn't do anything to receive this. It was mm. so <laughs> like beautiful um, that I got to live this out, but I didn't go make it happen. Um, so we uh, park my car at the end, right? And then he drives his truck with the kayak to the other side. And so, you know, this is what you got to do. And we get the kayak in, truck stays there. And um, we kayak all the way down. It's about two and a half hours. We get there and he says, you know, do you want to drive back or I'll drive back or you want to wait or I'll wait. And um, like, no, I'll drive. It's my car. And um, so uh, uh where no. are my keys? Oh, no. They're in your car. <laughs> <laughs> no, my keys were in the truck. I took them out of my pocket and I left and them, in them in his the cup truck. holder. So that, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so there we are. We're both saying, they were like, um, now what? And, you know, before I could even think, he was on the phone with his wife, who was a couple miles away, <laughs> and she came and saved us. So that's yeah. epic. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's always one of those. Don't push. Receive. receive. And don't forget the keys. And don't forget, <laughs> and don't forget the keys. <laughs> well, good. Why, well, uh, you know, I don't know if like one of you want to ask me oh, what yeah, I've Joe. been up to. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Joe? Joe, what have you been up to? <laughs> oh, well, I've uh, been working now. Uh, well, as for academics, the summer is a little bit of kind of a, there's a methodology to teaching or a rhythm to teaching, right? Cycle. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as an, a faculty member at Mount Marty, kind of earn that, but I'm also administrator. So uh, I get a little bit of freedom, but no, it's not like I get two months off. I'm not on a 10 month contract. And so doing a little bit of that, getting excited, getting ready for the students to show up in Mount Marty has been just absolutely awesome. And then we got the Faith and Business Conference coming up here oh, in sure. Sioux Falls. Uh, in just over a week, so uh, that's going to be fantastic. I get uh, so yeah, I don't know what are you saying there, John? No. <laughs> John, John I'm getting hand signals from that's my twin right. over here. Aren't we supposed to have this ESP thing, John? Where like we're just supposed to know what each other? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, What's we do the have date of the men's uh, conference. It's uh, August ninth. Yeah, it's a, it's a business conference. Men and women of faith. Anywhere in the region, we've got people coming in from Detroit, even. Somebody's flying in up from Kansas. It's fantastic. Uh, August 9th is going to be outstanding at the Ramcota. But then we also have this young leaders deal where we're for college students. It's really a great opportunity for college students. So that's what I've been planning, really, just getting ready for those events and for school to kick off. So that's about it. But with that, thanks for checking in and seeing how I'm doing. We're always glad to know That's how you're awesome. doing. awesome. Awesome. Well, let, we have our Faith and Culture series in the first half hour here of the Rutten Radio this month. 
And for faith and culture, we have kind of a, a movie of the month, if you will. And we just want you to know that as we have this conversation about faith and culture, about the movie of the month, that you can certainly check in on social media, right? You can ask questions. Uh, you can, you can, you know, we'll get responses sometimes to you. You can let us know your comments and thoughts. And you do that in two places. Real, Real Presence Radio has an app that you can just download and you can listen to all this. You can get our old podcasts. Yep. I went and let, went listened to July. Uh-huh. You guys are kind of funny. <laughs> I, I was, of course. I was like, wow, they're, they're yeah, they're, they're not kind too of, bad. No, Looking they're not around. too bad. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you can go back and listen to those old podcasts on the the Real Presence app that you can get for yeah. your iDevices. Yeah. Or you just go to Facebook and they have they have social media sites, but we also Rutten Radio. Go to Rutten Radio and you can comment and you can follow us along there. You can find things like the family prayer and all kinds of fun things on social media. So follow yeah. us live there as we jump into this fantastic conversation yeah. about an unbelievable movie. I was blown and away. And if I might give a quick uh, clarification, when you go to the Real Presence Radio app, yeah. you go into podcasts and then you go under special events. Because gotcha. we're special. Because we're special. Night, we are so if you're wondering, where is that in here thing? Oh, those special boys. Yeah. 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 We're under special. <laughs> I, I, did, I did think, though, they got Father Mike Schmitz in there and I was like, oh, wow, we're we're, we're rolling with Father Schmitz, all right. No, they just yeah. didn't have any other place to put us. <laughs> They're like, well, uh, these fellas need all the marketing they could get. Maybe if we put them close to Father Mike, you know, they'll help. get some traction. Mm, so, so the movie of the month, uh, I can only imagine. And I'm just going to kind of jump off to you, to you fellas, to to just give first impressions. Maybe one of you, John, Paul, I don't care, give a quick synopsis of what the movie is, and then first impressions. Sure. Uh, It's a movie based on a song that probably most Christians who have gone to any retreats or listened to any sort of Christian music, uh, there's a song just literally titled, I Can Only Imagine. Uh, And it's the backstory of the lead singer of Mercy Me, uh, his life and just kind of his, what he's gone through in life and then where the song came from. Uh, So it's really just that whole uh, thing. It did make me, you know, in it, 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 from like you, Joe, I always find when you're watching a, a true movie, you're always Googling to see how true and accurate it is. Right. So it is one of those ones where it'd be fascinating to know exactly how true, but it's based on this song, uh, where it came from, and it really is the song that put them on the spotlight uh, in the Christian music. And in doing it, I did, I at first thought it, it I didn't realize it was a true story. Oh. And so I, all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute. And then Randy Quaid, I think, is one of the main actors, mm-hmm. uh, the dad in it. And there's a little interview where um, he talked about the actual lead singer being on present oh. at the set. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. So obviously there's some sure. relationship between the actual person and the production. So it would be interesting to get a feedback on the, the true nature of all of it. But anyway, John, first impressions. Uh, my first impressions are that the end of the movie is the best. So if this isn't a kind of movie you normally would watch, uh, hang on. And yeah. uh, there's really, I think, a dynamic of God using broken people mm-hmm. that is very evident and clear throughout it. Um, and it's yeah, that God uses broken people and that oftentimes the ones who are most angry with the brokenness end up discovering they're broke too. Yeah. Is sort of a real 
important thing for us to see. The world is really broken and in the midst of it all. It's easy. We, everyone can be the one who sees the brokenness. But if you don't have a response to that, you end up in a place. If you don't have a response that comes from God in front of that, you know, you can argue evil or not evil or whatever, but in the end you end up being the prodigal or the the older son. Let's bring it back to the movie itself. Could you contextualize that? Yeah, just a, that a the father is an alcoholic, correct? I think and that's abusive. What, and abusive to his son, this real man who's developed the song. And uh he, you know, he responds to it in a way everyone. I mean, how else do you respond to it? You're trying to live within the family, you're trying to make things work, but at a certain point he just begins to rage against this relationship. So which the is kid that's being abused and living in an abusive f- relationship with with his father, yep. as well becomes somebody that's broken and abusive and enraged yeah. and can't deal with as a response to it. As a response. So he doesn't he, he's just in the response he or he's just in that he's like harmed by this, but in the end he gets to a place where he can't live. He gets to a place where he needs to find forgiveness. He gets to a place where he needs to be able to go back to this place in which he was so wounded and have something different than just, um, I'm going to make you better, or now that you're better, I love you, or now that, you know. No, he really had to come to a place where he was like, I'm uh, broken. Anyway, that's what sort of strikes me about it. That And that it, there really is mercy. That's mercy. That's like bringing a new life into the world that's bringing new change into the world that's grace that's like how it happens is when uh this brokenness allows the light to come through um but there can be a self-righteousness in front of the brokenness that ends up walking away and you never end up with anything better right so the kid when he returns home after coming to some maturity outside of his house his father has had a conversion that he isn't currently aware of Mm -hmm. so as he confronts his father not knowing that his father's had a conversion um his father asks wants to ask for forgiveness but doesn't know how he's completely powerless he's like how do i and the son actually has the answer right the son knows the steps to uh to give his life to christ and ask for forgiveness right it's almost but he won't give it to him Right. He won't tell him how how to how to ask <laughs> for reconciliation. So here is the Christian singer who's faithful, who's doing the right thing, coming into contact with the person that's broken, but unfortunately it's the one that's hurt him, and therefore he won't give him the thing that he needs to continue to grow and help and move forward. And I found that fascinating. I'm like, wow, what am I withholding from people, or what might me sure. personally be withholding? Because of my prejudice, or because I don't know, it just yeah. was really well. I think what he, what what I think he saw though was what we would call cheap grace. You know, he says this: you don't get off this easy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like it's like no, this does, no, you don't just get to meet Jesus and it's all better. Gotcha. And so I think that was the part that he was struggling with. Was he's like, no, no, it can't be this easy. You don't mm. just oh, now I'm all nice. No. Nope. And it's, the, I think it was his unwillingness to really work through what really happened mm. in all of his life. And it's like, no, it's not going to be this easy. Uh, and so ah, that's a great insight. Because, because, great because he insight. left. Remember, he right? leaves. And it's then that he realizes the cause yes. of why his dad has changed. And so he's not going to stay for that 
nope. He's like, nope, we're not doing this. Uh, <laughs> and it, then that's, comes back. That's helpful. That's a good correction good. to it uh, because the father is missing a step that he needs to take, mm-hmm. even though he's been converted. Right. And the son's resentment, anger, whatever towards it forces Can, yeah. that next step. Well, and step. this reality, like we can't just sort of... Like, like, and it's, it doesn't work. I mean, you just can't just, well, it's all okay. It didn't really matter. Oh no, you got to work through the, it all. The, the step that the father is missing. Can, can you put that in the context of the, the academic protocol of confession? What, what would we call that step in our own personal lives when we go to confession? Can we try and go to confession and, and get cheap grace? Penance. Yeah. The reason there's penance is, is, you know, you have to, there's, there's, um, if I'm honest, sometimes I go to confession and I walk out thinking, I don't know if I'm really, I sometimes would feel, say that I might sure. feel more like the father before he loses, like, cause what happens next is the father goes into the garage and just falls apart. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and then the kid comes back and there's the moment of reconciliation of real conversion. Well, if the kid wouldn't have, if the, if, if the young man would have given the cheap grace, if mm. you will, would have responded, the father maybe right. never would have experienced the depth of the mercy and love that really transformed him even to a whole nother level. So I don't know. I mean, the, just second in confession, how can this be something that I'm. Yeah. The penance, I guess, would be the consequence, would be the thing that flows uh, his going and asking for forgiveness or him going back to the son is the thing that flows. The thing I, what, that I think you're looking for is, do we really come to the sacrament or do we really come before our sins aware we are beggars? That we really do need him. We really do need Jesus. There isn't some way to skip that process. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm empty and that's why I'm here is because I need you. And the, the son forces that position with the father in a way that the priest in a sense forces the position by being face to face with him. Like the physicality of the priest is this human being I have to look at and say, this is who I really am. And it produces in you this conversion, this like real identity. I am broken. And what I did impacted a real person again, like again, anything that's why people don't want to go to confession to a priest because I have to say to someone out loud, the things I've done and what we want to do is just think them and be done with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but God loves us enough to say, well, it doesn't work that way. We actually have to speak them to another person and then let that person receive them and then do with them as they see fit. Now the priest is going to, you know, return mercy to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he needed to, to to address the reality of what he did hmm. to his son. Like it needed to be addressed, but it needed to be addressed in a way that they could really work through the whole thing. Because the reality was, you know, and again, you know, some spoiler alerts. His mom abandoned him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> there's yeah. also, I mean, there's a lot of things like this poor guy has experienced and, and so it's just all sort of wrapped up <clears throat> into this, this reality of, you know, wanting to inflict some pain back hmm. uh, because you don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, because you don't sense in the other person that they really realize what they've done to you, you know, and, and I don't know that 
you always do fully realize the impact that your actions or inactions had on another person until that person is standing there and you're having to talk about you know what what did or so didn't you can happen. you can go out you can look not go watch the movie but the song is i mean it's a quadru, it's a plat, whatever biggest level of record you can be this song yep. is it right yeah and so out of this young man's experience and out of this conversion experience with his father then um, comes this song that he creates. How does how did the song come about? Well, again, so he's uh, out on the road wanting to be a singer, a Christian singer, and he's trying his best, and uh, and, and he's okay. Uh, and there's moments, you know, so there's this producer or whatever who sees him and he says, well, there's moments, but you're just missing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's this reality that he's out there uh, trying to sing, and, and they're noting that you there's something missing in his singing. It's just kind of shallow uh, in the midst of it all. Uh, and so when he's back home with his dad in the midst of it, he keeps seeing this phrase, I can only imagine over and over and over and over again. Uh, and so it's out of that that he begins to to imagine heaven. Hmm. Uh, but not just, oh, you know, it's going to be whatever, blah, blah, blah. But real people, his father, Jesus Christ, mm. what will this be like to meet in a new way? You know, because he, he, he says that line that, and I don't remember exactly how it went, but he talks about, I know there, I know that Jesus Christ is real because I saw what he did to my dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so he talks about that reality that, that he, he's convinced he saw something happen to his dad. That can't be explained. That cannot be explained any other way than Jesus Christ. That that this is real. Like it really is. Because I saw this monster, right? I think he yep, yep, calls his dad a monster. Yes. You know, and so this this idea of then singing it. Um, but what what would be fascinating, and again, spoiler, it is did they really sell it to Amy Grant? Oh yeah. You know, this is the yeah. thing that that it would be interesting. So in the movie, they give it to Amy Grant. As her, her comeback song. Uh, and she won't sing it. Because it's not hers. You know? And so, they, they you know, you wonder, was it yeah. really as dramatic yeah. or not? But it was this authenticity that even she realized, I can't sing someone else's song. Oh, yeah. And that was the moment where there sort of seemed to be a sentimentality in it, mm-hmm. where it kind of falls in this category of movies that are like oh, religious. Know, sen- I can't religious quite put my sen- finger yeah. on it, but you're like that. But if that was an ordinary event that really happened, that's extraordinary. Yeah, I mean, my uh, guess would be it, somehow they tried to give it to Amy Grant, and she gave it back. Yeah, that mm-hmm. had to have yeah. been real, yeah. but. Whether it was in the audience, she calls him up and say, you know, you know. And, and we do that in everything, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. You know, so and that's where I do think uh, the importance that what we propose be a reality, right? That we're talking about real things in the church, because if we're talking about ideas or if we're talking about pious things, it just comes off as sentimentality. Mm-hmm. But a fact is what Christ is. Yep. He is someone that happens in this world, and when you see that change, there's just no way. Uh, to explain it, yeah. except allow a person to need faith or to just 
move on. And I was listening to a podcast of some uh, guys that became atheists, from Christianity to atheism. And it's really fascinating. They end up, he says something, he says, I wanted truth. And in searching for truth, I left Christianity. Christianity. But in his search, he ended up back at Christ because he went through this this mm-hmm. journey and he he said i couldn't deny even though my mind was telling me god didn't exist i couldn't deny that i saw marriages go from broken to healed i yep. saw people go from addiction to hard drugs to encounters with Jesus Christ in which they were totally freed. I saw people lose fear in front of things they always had. I, I don't have any other explanation for those things than that that is real. Yep. Yes. Now that's a different proposal than a sentimental Christian experience yeah. that sort of has all the right words, but doesn't have any of the events that even an atheist right. can look at and say, well, you guys call that Jesus. Yep, I see what you're talking about, but I don't believe. Right. That's what the movie uh, brings about is this man is changed. Yep. You, you got to If if you're listening and you haven't watched it, you really got to go watch it. It's powerful, and I'd allow yourself to enter into it a little bit. It, you know, I'll be honest. I was in tears at the end of it. I mean, it, it oh, moved sure. me very, very much. And it was just that experience of it, it, if this thing that we're doing right now is what we say it is. Imagine how grand this. Oh thing my gosh! Is. Yeah. No, it's why I don't like this. This is majestic. This is wonder and awe. And it's the everyday common little things. But just imagine what it is like. Like, what's dad up to right now? Like, this reality. I mean, I'm thinking of dad and I'm thinking, man, like the joy. I don't know. I just, I really, really, really had a powerful encounter. And I'm sitting downstairs in the basement (laughs) thinking to myself, if my wife walked down right now, (laughs) she's going to be like, what is going on, Joe? Wow. Yeah, I just the, the yeah. movement that I didn't cause, like it just I entered into this thing and it's like, wow, what if, like, what will this whole thing be like? And now the song, I'd never listened to the song. Oh, I'm like, yeah, mercy see, me, whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm so like, that's the it. greatest song ever. Yeah. <laughs> now I know why it's platinum. And and the thing that I am after is more than watching the movie, watching the movie can end up in sentimentality. The, the question to ask ourselves is, why are we moved by this? Mm-hmm. Right. What is this that, that is in you sitting on the couch? Mm-hmm. What is this that shows up right here? Uh, what is this? Because when we can get at this, then we realize it came through the movie, it came through those lives, but it comes through us too. Right. And so we don't need the movie 24 hours a day. We need me 24 hours yeah. a day. God comes through me? No. But it's a fact. And it's a fact that we'll continue to talk about in the next half hour of our show as we wrap up the first tower of faith and culture. Thank you for joining us here at Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. We hope you've enjoyed the first half of the show, and we look forward to talking with you in just a bit after the break. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. 
Big Rig Barbecue brings a Texas-style barbecue to South Dakota. They use a real wood smoker for all their meats every single day. Big Rig Barbecue serves sliced brisket, pulled pork, chicken, and ribs. They offer pre-orders for smaller events and gatherings and cater for large events, including parties, meetings, and graduations. Big Rig Barbecue's new sit-down location is on the corner of 41st and Minnesota. Their website, BigRigBBQ.net. Broomtree Retreat Center near Irene, South Dakota, invites you to a fruit-filled weekend with Our Mother, the Virgin Mary, October 12th through the 14th. The Marian Retreat, directed by Dr. Terry Kemmer, begins Friday evening and ends Sunday afternoon. At this retreat, you will journey with Mary through Scripture as you ponder her life and actions. To register for the retreat, call 605-263-1040 or register online at broom-tree.org. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima Prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby He is offended. And through the infinite merits of His most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of Thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now, back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. Welcome back to Rutten Radio here on Real Presence Radio. Gentlemen, you do know that like the territory of this Real Presence Radio is like five states. It's like from the Rockies all the way over to the Great Lakes. Man. <laughs> Real Presence Radio, Rutten Radio. We carried on this kind of middle demographic in there on the Great Plains of South Dakota. If you want to follow us, you can do so on our Facebook app at Rutten Radio, or you can get the app, Real this Presence is, app. If I'm in the find. Rocky Mountains right now, this is not making me think I should start listening. <laughs> uh, hey, we're global, that, baby. I don't know that. Well, we're... We, Okay. We're close. Great. Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's just keep moving. Let's, right. let's, play blue, let's be like Bruce Springsteen and stay local. And if people start talking about uh, our hometown. In the first and, half hour of Faith and Culture, our section of the show, we talked about the movie I Can Only Imagine. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Uh, you'll have to check it out. Father John, you had a little follow-up there. You wanted to jump in on a confession, maybe? Yeah, I... Um, there was that little bit we did on confession. I think uh, something came to me that's helpful. In the sacrament of confession, I know for you know non-Catholics, it doesn't usually doesn't make sense. Uh, why should I have to confess to a priest? Uh, even for Catholics, sometimes, many times, unfortunately, it doesn't make sense. But 
Number one, to begin, in the gospel, John 20, 23, uh, if you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven them. If you retain them, they're retained. Well, the only way, I mean, that's just scriptural. So right there, in the history of the church, the tradition of the church, we see that this has continued to be the case, that Jesus Christ instituted this sacrament. Um, But in light of the movie, we can see more practically the gift of the sacrament is when the other person we've harmed is hurt and is still there, uh, to go to them to ask for forgiveness, I may not receive the mercy I'm looking for. They may oh, not be in a sure. priest. The priest mm. gives me the opportunity to give to the person who is, is the presence of Jesus Christ, to give to them and to be certain you're going to give me back mercy. And this right. is why Pope Francis keeps saying again and again, like the sac- the confessional don't isn't a place to beat people up. Like right. the priest is supposed to be there. You're supposed to receive it no matter what. If the person is repentant, give forgiveness because the person who they harmed may not be able to do that even if that is something they eventually should do too so the certainty of mercy when you go into the sacrament and then the certainty of privacy right there is nowhere you can go and say the things that you have done wrong and be absolutely certain no one will ever hear Mm -hmm. and you know they can change all the laws in the land they want and a catholic priest is not going to give up the sacrament of confession it's just not going to happen and it's kind of interesting think about it of all the chaos and craziness in the church you tell me one time you've ever heard a priest tell the sins of a person in the confession we don't even hardly talk about it right i've never heard ever i mean of as crazy as as human as the church can be uh in its priests you never hear of a priest revealing the sins of somebody that are there. Uh, So you get this privacy. Jesus didn't go about like saying, oh, this is how he's terrible and that's how he's terrible. And Mm -hmm. um, no, he forgave them with a look of mercy that really changed them. And the consequence of that change then because of the human dynamic is oftentimes you do want to go back to the person that you hurt and say, I am so sorry. I Would you please forgive me? But because you've already received it from the grace of Christ through the priest, you you aren't determined by whether they give it can return it to you or not and so the the act of reconciliation is a part of the sacrament but sometimes that isn't possible to do and we don't go out you know you don't have to go and now get the other person to tell that's what the sacraments for it's an incredible blessing to me to the church to the world uh i think people should be jealous of the church for the sacrament of confession yeah yeah for sure and the movie is, I can only imagine, oftentimes we do a movie of the month. That's a part of our faith, faith and culture. Last last month, we did the mission, and we were told to give a disclaimer. <laughs> we didn't really think about the fact that a religious movie might need a disclaimer, but we were, we were warned uh, culturally in the context of this movie, the mission, yep. uh, their missionaries set out in the Amazon. Yep. And so it's if, like- <laughs> you've ever read National Geographic. Right? So you got cultural nudity- <laughs> In uh, the mission from last month, and we didn't give a disclaimer, so we were encouraged. Eh, make sure if there's a little yeah. disclaimer needed. If I can only, or if, oh, oh, I, I, I can only imagine needs no disclaimer. Well, uh, I, I mean, I there's think. kind of abuse. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I actually, but, so maybe that's it, right? So you're going to be in an abuse. You know, there's abuse. Going how about on, we but. do this? Every show we do, there's going to be a disclaimer. <laughs> Parents watch, watch the movie f- before. <laughs> <laughs> watch the movie before you watch it with your children. Uh, That's awesome. We, we, well, we promise. Well, 
Yep. Yeah. yeah, we'll keep moving. It, we're broken. We will do our we're best not perfect, to ensure so that, yeah. uh, don't hold us accountable. No. <laughs> On uh, to the next. With that, uh, we do kind of have this conversation of brokenness and the church in relationship to the topic for their, the, this next full half hour, and that is we're going to be celebrating the Assumption of Mary coming up here in just a couple of weeks on August 15th, and it brings up this conversation about impeccability versus infallibility in the church, about us having an infallible church that can teach and proclaim a revelation of Christ like that Mary was uh, uh, assumed into heaven or that she was perpetually a virgin or that she was with immaculately conceived. Like, how is it that the church can infallibly proclaim these teachings, these revelations, but yet it's filled with us? A bunch of brokenness, a lot of brokenness, if we're honest. And so in this next half hour, you know, that'll be kind of the conversation, talking a little bit around uh, infallibility and the assumption. Father Paul, you want to jump off and kind of pick it up from there? Yeah, I mean, I I do think that infallibility is not exercised as often as people think. I think there's just this presumption that that the Pope sit around making all kinds of infallible statements. And and that infallibility means that the Pope is is never wrong. Uh, It doesn't mean that. It means that when the Pope declares something infallible it is true yep. and so one of the things that i think people miss with with infallibility is it only is exercised when people in general begin to lose sight of a truth of the of the church a truth that's important for their life or important to, to our faith itself and so it's almost always done in response to hmm. interesting the way the culture moves. You know, so it's sort of like anything. You don't have to tell your kids every single thing they need to either do or not do, but you watch them. And if they begin to do things that they're not supposed to do, then you step in and you begin to help them. Well, I do think that that we're searching for certainty. You know, we want something that's certain. Uh, and we have things that are certain and we don't realize it and and we can lose that reality. And I think, you know, the Blessed Mother is one of those things that the church didn't speak much about her because it was just evident. Like, it was just evident. Of course, this was the way Mary was. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't need to tell Yeah, she's everybody. the mother of God. She's, 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 you know, like, so that reality. <clears throat> so the, the actual idea of papal infallibility really wasn't even... Uh, officially defined until the first ecumenical council when the church just finally said, yes, the Pope can do this. Hmm. Not that it hadn't done it in the past, but it just hadn't been needed to be that clear. And that was in 1869. So, so the church is hanging out for 1800 the first years. ecumenical council. Of the Vatican. Vatican oh, yeah. Council yep. one. Vatican one. Was, and was so for point? 1800 years, the church lived in, in, in proclaimed the gospel uh, and and means by what in defined or, things, yeah. set this canon for scripture, did all kinds of things, uh, and people just accepted that the church could do this in this reality. And you can sort of see why it came so late when you understand that even Martin Luther had a devotion to the Blessed Mother, right? And so the Protestant Reformation and the things that came from that, every all of Christianity was still on the same page in a way with this relationship and identity of who Mary was. Right. And so as that continues to wind itself out, as, as things get further and further down the road, then you end up in a situation where the church did, where the church had to sort of defend and say, no, this is the truth about right. the Blessed so Mother. Th- I saw a Time magazine once that had a picture of Mary on the front. And recently, uh, the Protestant church is rediscovering Mary. 
And so this Time Magazine article was highlighting that, 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 uh, that the Protestants rediscover uh, the mother of Jesus. And right when I read it, I thought, no, 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 no. In the article itself, they've got it wrong. She, she's not the mother of Jesus. She's the mother of God. Right. Like this is one of the first proclamations of dogma yeah. was that she's Theotokos, that she's a God, she's God bearer. Right. And, and, and saying that she's the mother of Jesus allows a very slippery slope to say, well, she, maybe she had that, she gave birth to that Jesus guy. That person, that humanity person, but we're not really excited about this divinity side. Like, did she really the mother of God? Like, did she? Yeah. Well, these are the things that the church d- has defined infallibly because, partly, partly because of the 500 years that has caused real stray and division from the teachings mm-hmm. globally about what we do believe and teach about Mary. And so, one of those following up here is the dogma of the assumption that the church proclaims. And, uh, the assumption. Tell me a little bit about uh, the assumption. It's not like the immaculate reception, like where we. <laughs> no. Oh, I knew oh it was come coming. on! You caught that I out there, right, <laughs> listeners? Right, the immaculate reception. Uh, that was right. Franco Harris, by the way. Steelers. Right. I think Steelers. Yep. Cowboys. Okay. Maybe. So the assumption. Of Mary. And there's there's a couple things that are important in, in this reality that uh, the the assumption of Mary versus the ascension of Christ. Christ mm-hmm. ascends into heaven of his own power. He's able to do this. Mary, as, as Father John's been saying, waits and receives. She's assumed, not when she decides to go, but when God deems that her time here on earth uh, is over, we believe that she was assumed body and soul uh, into heaven. What's fascinating is... We also hear of Elijah going into heaven, too, in a fiery right. chariot. That's right. Nobody questions Elijah going into heaven in a fiery chariot. But because there's not an explicit written thing in Scripture, well, did it really happen? Mm-hmm. And I always say that for us as Catholics, the greatest argument to the assumption is the fact that nobody has the body of Mary. <laughs> right. Like, we have everyone's body. Like, everyone. We keep everyone's body somewhere, <laughs> but we don't keep Mary's anywhere. And never have claimed to keep her body anywhere. And for me, I think to myself, that's probably the most obvious explanation that, that she really was assumed we would have, somebody would have kept her right somewhere nearby. Yeah. We've got Um, John, we've got, Paul, we got them we've all. Got, we got them all. <laughs> we got everyone. And sometimes yeah. we've got two of them. Yeah. So sometimes we've got arguments over who's actually got them all. But we believe that she was assumed body and soul uh-huh. into heaven at the end of her life uh, here on earth or her time here on earth that she was assumed. And that's that's an interesting, well, maybe I'm going real quick. The fact we have two of them is a really, uh, you know, we're laughing about that. Yeah. Like some people, though, take that as the scandal and say, you guys are crazy. We're just making are, it all You're up. making it all up, whatever. But I think it goes to this idea of this is a human reality that God used. And so, you know, St. Nicholas, who we know as Santa Claus, really did punch someone, another bishop at the (laughs) an ecumenical council. And that's not because Catholics are bad. That was back when we were all one body of people. Or, you know, I guess we weren't one body because the Aryans were going then, you know. And, like, there's there's a real humanity that we sort of think God can't be a part of. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, so, okay, so there's two of one and we're a little confused. But when you look at the whole, what we're really asking ourselves a question is, is this really the person we say it is 
on general. Yeah, for most of them, they all are. Okay, are there two? Do we have a few things maybe that are wrong? <laughs> yeah, we aren't defining that the birthplace of Mary is right here infallibly. Right. Like that. Maybe but she had is to be wrong. born somewhere. But she had to be born somewhere. Yep. So this is what. What do you think about this? And I really think the scandal of most of this stuff is we don't believe in the incarnation. We don't believe that God, the creator of it all, can use a human reality. We don't believe it. And so we have this pious, we have a spiritual experience of Jesus, and then we live it out piously in the clouds or like heaven's coming. We don't think that Christ is a presence among us, that he really lives and moves and breathes in you. Right. And is this maybe part of the reason that we struggle with the church, and we probably always have, but a left, right, liberal, conservative, like we, we, we begin to kind of contextualize the faith not in relationship to the person of Jesus Christ, but in relationship to its teaching. It's simply, mm-hmm. simply to its moral, a, a, a moralism or a theological uh, indoctrination. Or we kind of try and pigeonhole this: what it means to be a Catholic or what it means to be a church, defined by these criteria. Yeah. You're Catholic if. Uh, now there there's value there too, but it's usually a both and or a middle road or uh, but it's about Jesus. Yeah, if Jesus like is in the middle, all of those it. things are consequences. Mm-hmm. That Christ is present here. That that the Spirit of God can be present right here. Right. When when God descends, like either He is this or He is not, right. and there's consequences to that, and you work them out. And but if you don't adhere, if you don't believe that He can be a real presence, that I can meet. Christ in the flesh of another human being who even is a human being that has some problems. Right. If I don't believe that, what do I have to adhere to except that the consequence of Jesus being in this world is that lives change. And so I adhere to the change without the origin for how the change happened. Huh? Does that make sense? No. (laughs) Okay. Just just, uh, walk through it. I love drinking. Yes. Okay. I go to a treatment center. I stop drinking. I've been 13 years sober. You meet me and your son is drinking. And you think by telling your son about me that he's he's going to change. You think that by changing drinking laws, he's going to change. You think that by not allowing alcohol to be bought on Sundays, he's going to change. You can do all these things. The only way for you to discover what the, the Christian proposal is that Jesus Christ changed me. Right. The Spirit of God entered my life right. and changed me. Now, that could be the place we end. The truth of the matter is, a pastor came into Keystone Treatment Center, and an experience happened through him. And it wasn't until years later that I understood, that's the incarnation. Right. That's the continuation of the church, that, that God can come through a human reality. That man, had he not come into that treatment center, I would not be sitting here today. I may be dead. Right. And he could be a scoundrel. Yeah. He he wasn't even he wasn't Catholic. Now that doesn't mean he was a scoundrel, but that was always really perplexing to me. How did a Protestant pastor bring me the change that actually revolutionized my whole life and made me the best Catholic I could possibly conceive? I, I'm right there with you. The craziest thing in the world happened the other day when I stopped and I realized that much of a lot that I know about my life tracks back to a person that left the Catholic Church. And as a Protestant has lived faithfully in relationship to Jesus Christ and where she's at, and has brought these whole successive events into play that, like, I'm thinking, this is the craziest thing in in the world. I now have to look back at the fallen away Catholic and say somehow, like, God's present in that, and there was goodness that has continued to come from that, and it's caused me to rethink how I— 
think about and talk about and relate with non-Catholics or fallen away Catholics mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus is in the moment, uh, even in the midst of an infe- in, in, impeccable or a, a broken church, it still can be a church which is infallible and can proclaim true teachings right. yeah. and doctrines. And, and because of the adherence to the, the essence of him, it doesn't mean that I have to give up my positions or even that all of a sudden I think my positions are wrong. But if mom and dad had not lived a faithful relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't think I would have been a Catholic. But when sure. that happened to me, I said, well, mom and dad know what this is. This is what they've been telling me all yes, along. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and mom and dad are really broken. So, you know, I don't, it's not that I got to get my life together. Mom. It's that like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. we love you, know, you they're mom, human. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is what they're talking about. And then I went back to mass because mom and dad lived a relationship with Christ within the Catholic faith. I just went back to mass and never occurred to me that I should go like follow this guy as a Protestant. Right. But if I had not known mom and dad, if they had not lived that way, I don't know how, how I could have stayed. Mm. And I went back to mass and after mass was over at Christ the King Parish, Steve Castle came over from across the transept and said, how are you, John? Right. I'm like, uh, 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 do I tell him I'm crazy? Um, and all I could say is I just got out of Keystone treatment center. If he had tried to give me a moral doctrine or to pat me on the back or to do anything, I don't know that I'd be here today. And instead he said, Oh, you did. And he took me outside into the hall where there was donuts and coffee at 8 p.m. at night after mass. And he, and he took me to this table. And when I was in treatment, you, Paul Mm -hmm. said to me, I don't know anything about this alcoholism, but I know a guy that helps people like you, Michael Donnelly. Steve Castle brings me into this table and there's eight men sitting around this table. And he says, John Rutten, Michael Donnelly. Michael Donnelly, this is John Rutten. There you go. Morality doesn't change us. A person who has been changed by Jesus Christ is someone we run into. And if we pay attention to it and follow him, we meet Mm. something that moves me and then I change. Steve Castle is the presence of Christ. He is who I need to pay attention to. But it's not just Steve Castle. If you hadn't been there mm-hmm. and said yes to that family gathering, if you hadn't said those simple words to me, I don't know that I'd be here today. Sure. The incarnation, God is among a broken people. Mm-hmm. Do we see him? And therefore, when the church is falling down around you, you still, you don't abandon the ship and walk away from Jerusalem like the road to Emmaus. Yeah, because what if you had abandoned me? Right. What if Steve Castle had abandoned me? What if Michael Donnelly would have abandoned me? What if this Protestant pastor had abandoned me? And, And where would I be? But they had something. That was so certain they had a, they had been saved in such a way in their own brokenness that they could come into my brokenness and not be afraid that all of a sudden they'd become an alcoholic. All of a sudden they'd become no. They knew that he's saved, and so they could come to me and be with me and not impose morality on me, but live with me in such a way that hope would arise in me. 
because mm-hmm. they'd talk about being broken too, and I knew they weren't broken then. I think, well, maybe me too. <laughs> sure, right? And I, I think that's that's that. You know, the after the bread of life discourse, and they all start walking away, and Jesus says to Peter, "Are you going to leave?" And he's like, well, "Where else do we have to go?" Like, it wasn't just that Jesus said nice things, but it was Jesus. And, and, and they knew who this man was, and they knew that no matter what he was saying or how hard it might be or how many times they might fall, that it just had to be Jesus. And I think that the challenge today then is, how do I find and meet Jesus in my life since I don't get to see this rabbi mm. who is walks by? And instead, he comes in all of us, in our own freedom, and in our own things, and in those, those those aspects as well. Um, but it's hard as well to not want to push the morality, to give them the five easy steps. Or, right. You know, yeah. here's what I found really works for people who come out of treatment. This is what you need to do. And just to simply say, well, Christ, I, I, yeah, I don't the, know what I'm supposed to do. The I, Weight Watcher plan for Christian conversion. I always struggled after my conversion to try and how do I help my friends and other people I know understand what it is that I experienced. And I always just would say, it's like a pill. I wish I had a pill I could give them. Right. And then I realize it's not a pill. It's me. Right. Like I just have to, and this is back to the movie from the first half hour. His problem was that he couldn't authentically be himself. That's what the that's what the band director kept kind right. of saying is this isn't you like there's glimpses of you I see glimpses of you up there when you're performing, but then it vanishes like it it's it's fleeting it's like yeah. and go fun, almost go find yourself right like he said but it's like wait a minute here there's not a magic pill I just have to authentically live in a relationship with Christ and then I have to I have to be willing though to authentically give myself to others and that requires me to check my selfishness to check yeah. a lot of other things that uh, yeah. I. I, you know, I hold on to with claw marks, right? Like, but I'm, you know, it's funny. We can get into it later, but Steve Castle's the source for my yeah. conversion too. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't know he was the source for you. Yeah, yeah I mean, he so. was one person and then, yep. yeah, without him. Wow. That's... I don't know how I would have gotten into that room and I don't know how I would have right. met Michael Donnelly. And without you having said that, I don't know that I would have been so surprised. I would Michael Donnelly would have been one more name among a million. Exactly. But it was a name and then all of a sudden it was a person. I was yeah. like, Michael right. Donnelly. And <laughs> then bro- there was like, Michael Donnelly. Like I was so Saint Benedict says to always see Christ in the other. And I've always struggled until now. I've always been like, oh, we're trying to wade through the person to get to Jesus. And it's like, no, yeah. in the person is you encounter. Jesus. Like, Jesus. Hey. Brothers, my mind is blown, <laughs> blown this morning. Like, ah, powerful. Yeah. Thank you, John, for sharing your conversion story and sharing that. That I mean, that's fairly intimate. And, you know, Father Paul and I are over here kind of. Uh, blown away, I'm sure our listeners are as well. And just know out there, if you're listening, that the Lord loves you deeply Yeah. in your brokenness, wherever you are, whatever your issues are, right? That the Lord wants to be present. He wants to love you. He wants you to be present to him. And maybe we just pray I, I, yeah. as we wrap up here, Father, with your last minute, that we lift that specifically up in our brokenness. Christ can and, be present. And I don't think to to discount the coincidences that happen. 
that it's so easy to just downplay it because it becomes so powerful. Like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> like, so we're not going to, well, we're just going to say that was, you know. So I, I do think that to really pray for that grace that when something seems coincidental that I can really let it be more than than what I think it was mm. and let it really be Christ because it's going to be a surprise and it's going to maybe not be the way I wanted it to mm. be. But but I have to have this freedom to say, but if this is where Christ wants to come. So, well, today we pray that we find Christ. Let us pray our family prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Thank you for listening to the Rutten Radio program on Real Presence Radio. We hope you'll join us again next month. Peace. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rotten Radio next month. Rotten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota uses professional equipment to craft thousands of designs for any memorial needed. They help in planning needs like who the memorial is for, where it's going, installation, and budget expectations. Paulson Monuments is located right off Highway 18 in Canton. Their website is paulsonmonuments.com. very delighted to hear that uh, we were going to have a feed. We've listened to a lot of public radio with Christian broadcast over many years. Now we have one right here that's attached to EWTN, and I believe that we're getting a lot of listeners out here, and we've had a few people, particularly our uh, priests, have been on the air. I've had a couple of spots. Uh, We've taken up uh, quite a collection at church and uh, tried to help people know that you're on the air, and we're very proud of that, and and we're doing what we can to support you. This is Judy Lebsock from St. John the Baptist in Trenton. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. 
At Avera, we have an option to fit your schedule any day or hour of the week so you can get back to life. Preventative care appointments at your neighborhood clinic. Walk-in visits at six Avera Now clinics inside Hyvee. Three convenient locations for urgent care on evenings and weekends or 24-7 emergency care. Don't want to leave the house? See a provider 24-7 for simple illnesses with the Avera Now app. Learn more at avera.org slash Sioux Falls Options. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference for Men and Women of Faith is Thursday, August 9th at the Ramcota Hotel in Sioux Falls and will help you integrate your faith principles and turn them into business practices. Learn how to take your Sunday into Monday from world-renowned speakers. Registration is only $50. Learn more and register today at cmbfsf.org. This is Father Grant Gerlach from the Diocese of Rapid City. Thank you so much for listening to Real Presence Radio.